This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie now, the tourism and hospitality industry is definitely one of the biggest economic drivers in Carlock Kilkenny, and it's had an unprecedented two years. It's not alone, but the disruption in tourism and hospitality has been off the scale. And though restrictions have lar- largely lifted and some measure of quote-unquote normality has returned, those in the industry face a whole new set of challenges, but also opportunities. During the week, Falcha Ireland unveiled its priorities for 2022, and joining me on the line to tell us about them and to discuss the challenges and opportunities for tourism and hospitality businesses is Brian O'Flynn, Head of Ireland's Ancient East at Falcha Ireland. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Morning, Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Yeah, well, tell us about uh, the plans for 2022 and your priorities. Yeah, sure. Look, I think firstly it's important to point out the context in which we meet. I think I was on with you about this time last year and the industry was heading into its second St. Patrick's Day, which is really the kickstart of the tourism industry every year. Heading into the second one in a row, which the industry was closed. Um, you know, we still had travel restrictions in place. And importantly, we, we didn't have any vaccines. You know, people weren't vaccinated yet. A year later, we're in a very different position. Thankfully, you know, we, we have more accumulated savings and pent-up demand out there. The restrictions have been eased. Our access is returning uh, quickly and more rap- rapidly than we probably would have foreseen. And really importantly, we have a very highly vaccinated population, which makes Ireland a really attractive place to visit, and from within Ireland, and also for, for um, overseas visitors. So, look, very encouraging in that sense. But now, look, you're right, back to your question. Um, look, we still have some significant challenges, I suppose, in the first instance to get over, to get back to where we, where we were pre-pandemic. Um, in the very short term, some businesses still have ongoing liquidity and survival challenges. Um, and actually, while I have you, I might use the opportunity to say we have... Um, Trade and business continuity grants again available this year, and anyone listening in from accommodation and attraction um, activity provider businesses in the tourism space, they'll open again in March and in, in early March. So encourage anyone to to, to look at look at those. Um, but compounding that, we do have major staffing challenges. Um, look, the the industry, as you as you said there in your intro, was one of the later, the last industry to open back up. Um, and as a result, we estimate that there's about 40,000 vacancies currently within the industry, which is a, is a big challenge to getting businesses opening their doors again. Yeah, um, that, that really uh, puts a challenge on people keeping the doors open, doesn't it? And maybe even some people uh, not being able to open their doors. It does. Um, like it was, it's important to find out it's not just the sectoral issue. You know, the coverage has been pretty widespread over the last week or two, you know, construction and other sectors facing similar challenges. Um, and also, it's not just an Irish issue. This is the same issue that, that our sector is facing uh, internationally as well. Um, so look, we, uh, as I said there at the outset, we, we had our tourism industry conference last week in the Convention Centre in Dublin. And we did unveil a pretty comprehensive plan, I suppose, to try and tackle this issue. It, it, it's important to point out that there's short-term issues here, but there are also long-term issues in which we need to make the industry a more attractive place to work. And, and I suppose our plan is really centred around three things, getting employees into the sector, keeping them in the sector, and then upskilling them and giving them the career path in the sector. So in the short term, look, we're helping businesses through a number of ways to target the various labour pools that are out there in terms of the targeted transition year programme, given that students are so crucial to the sector, um, also working with third-level partners, but then identifying the key EU source markets, firstly, with which we can get talent back from, because but the reality is a lot of people that, 
that were originally from other countries in the EU that would have worked in the sector went home and returned to their home countries uh, during the pandemic and have now gotten jobs there. So we need to attract that talent back. Um, and then thirdly, uh, non-EU source markets in terms of a permit programme. But what we're, we're really excited to roll out is, we, you know, we really need to, the big challenge here is to make the industry a more attractive place to work in the long term. You know, we need to compete with other sectors out there for, the, for that labour pool. And you have the excellent employer programme. Tell us a bit about that. And that, that's exactly what, what, what that seeks to achieve. So uh, the excellent employer programme is, is a kind of a certification for businesses within the industry, which businesses can apply to be a part of. And they'll be essentially, you know, accredited uh, as a result. But, but how it would work is that employees would be engaged on an ongoing basis to kind of rate their own employer as to what the challenges are, what the opportunities are, where they're performing well as an employer and areas to improve on. So it's a legitimate certification that actually sees a step change in the industry as an attractive place to work. But look, that, that'll take time. We know ourselves internally here, we, we partake in the Great Places to Work programme. And it does take, you know, two to three years to kind of embed that and to build it and to get, you know, to, to improve along the scale. But we believe by having a guest of businesses across the sector involved in that programme, that that in turn will make the industry a more attractive place to work. Now, getting uh, staffed up and being able to open the doors is one thing. Uh, getting people to, to come into Ireland, number one, and also into the various locations in Ireland's ancient east is another. What are you doing to uh, get the levels of activity back and to market yeah. uh, Ireland's ancient yeah. east? We're, we're doing a, a lot, John, is the, is the short answer. Um, we're, we're doubling our investment in our domestic marketing campaign this year. So, you know, Fort Ireland have the remit for, for domestic marketing um, within the Republic of Ireland. So our Keep Discovering campaign, which, you know, reached 97% of Irish adults last year, which was a remarkable reach, so you'll, you'll definitely have seen it, um, is remaining in place this year, and it's going to be across 52 weeks. So we are actually lucky enough to secure the RTE weather sponsorship, which you'll have seen. Um, that kicked off a number of weeks ago, and now this weekend we're delighted to say that you, you'll see television ads, papers, etc. So all channels appearing. So a doubling of our investment there. Um, it, it, it is very important to point out that while we want the international market back in 2019, which is our most successful tourism year ever in this country, the 42% of that revenue outside of Dublin was made up by the domestic market. So retaining that domestic market is very important to us, but. Also, we know that a lot of people that were forced to take breaks, maybe in Ireland that hadn't before, or were encouraged to take breaks they hadn't before over the last two years, their experience greatly exceeded their expectations. So we have a unique opportunity here now to grow that domestic market in the long term. So that's why we've, we've doubled that investment. Yeah, and just um, anecdotally, I think that the domestic market is probably the number one uh thing around Carlow and Kilkenny. Uh, local tourists hugely important whether for weekends or breaks during the week. It, it, it's a huge number of local accents among visitors. No, you're, uh, historically it absolutely has been. I mean, Carlow Kilkenny is, is a domestic stronghold from a tourism point of view. Look, we do. I think it's important to have the balance right. I mean, internationally tourists we want them to see the amazing product that's in Carlow and Kilkenny and there's a lot of development work going on constantly to improve that product base. So um, and the international market was growing pre-pandemic. But no, luckily for Kilkenny Carlo, um, in that sense, the domestic market has always been very important and remains to be so. So I think it's, uh, you know, certainly the outlook is looking strong for, for the region yeah. in the coming months. And the climate crisis is huge and businesses everywhere have to uh, change. What about sustainable tourism? That, that must be something that's on the agenda as well. 
No, it is. Look, it's, it's, it's obviously uh, it's topical at the moment, and, and rightfully so. You know, I think we all have our place to play as, as individuals, but, but absolutely as sectors as well. And, and you mentioned the importance and the breadth of the tourism sector, so we have a role to play there to reach our climate targets as well. So, look, we're doing a lot there, I suppose, from a development perspective. We will be rolling out destination development plans across the region, so collaborative plans which capture all tourism development priorities in one plan within a destination, so that all agencies and private sector are working together around a, a collaborative uh, tourism development plan. Mm. And we, importantly in that, we need to make sure that we get the balance right. We do want to get back to 2019 levels, but we want to do so in a way that balances the needs of the visitor and the industry, obviously the tourism industry, but also the community and the environment. So development has a role there to play. But secondly, I suppose we're, we're rolling out a number of supports for businesses individually, so at the level of the enterprise, to be able to, what can businesses do to reduce their carbon footprint, but do so in a way that affects their bottom line in a positive manner. So in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be launching our, our carbon calculator, which will enable businesses to put in their input costs and so on into an actual calculator and show where they might be able to achieve some carbon efficiency. So we're doing a lot in the space, uh, so which is, is, is the short answer. Um, and look, we have to obviously we have a role mm. to play as an industry leader there. Yeah, so there's the, the aspect of businesses cutting down their own carbon footprints, but also um, you know sustainable tourism attractive to people who want uh, the knowledge that they can go away without kind of costing the earth, um, literally as well as uh, financially, I suppose. No, and that's it. And look, we are an Ireland nation, so to come to the Ireland, to come to Ireland or to leave Ireland, you, you have to get on a plane or a boat. There's no other way about it. Um, so we, we will always have that challenge. But it's ensuring that the product base on the ground then offers that sustainable transport options, offers that sustainable um, option in, in attractions and accommodation providers. So again, it's back to that level of the business. If we can help businesses improve their carbon footprint, visitors will, will be orientated to, to stay in a business or to visit a business that is more attractive from that point of view. But also, if you think about, uh, I suppose cycling is an easy one to go to here, and it's probably the one that's referenced most, and it's obviously not just that it's cycling, but you know, if you think about the depth of cycling investment that's going on across the country at the moment, we work very closely with our local authority partners, and, and particularly in, in the Penny and Carlow and the East at the moment, in the development of those greenways to make sure that they're not just commuter paths, that those in themselves are visitor experiences, mm. and visitors have a feel-good factor then about exploring the amazing landscape of Ireland's entities in a sustainable manner, so yeah. they can leave the car and, and explore it in another way. Fantastic. Well, Brian, lots going on and a lot of positivity in the industry, albeit with some challenges on the horizon. But as we overcame COVID, presumably we can overcome those as well. Thanks for joining us this morning. That's Brian O'Flynn, Head of Ireland's Ancient East. Good morning, Brian. Thanks, John. Best of luck to everybody in the tourism and hospitality industry as they gear up and get ready for hopefully what's going to be a fantastic 2022. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small.